Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Right, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to our Everton podcast. We've actually had it rebranded this week, you might notice. So it's now the Royal Blue podcast after the column that's been in the football echo on a, on a Saturday morning for well over 20 years. Uh, I've written it various times and now Phil is the man who does Royal Blue. And it's supposedly you know, the piece that really fights the fans' corner uh, and gives the Everton writer a chance to get his thoughts across. So we thought it was quite an apt name for the podcast. I hope you, dis- hope you agree, rather. And um, we're going to talk about the trip to Leicester and, more importantly, the sort of clashes of two philosophies, if you like, when Roberto Martinez takes his team to, uh, to face Claudio Ranieri's champions. And you know, this morning at his press conference, Martinez was asked, whether he thinks it's changed, Leicester have changed the landscape of football and I suppose the inference was whether or not he thinks that more clubs should, should follow the way Leicester do things, the way they play, the style and the way they operate in the transfer market. Um, Phil, you were there this morning. Martinez is kind of, the noise he was making suggested that he, obviously admiring of what the Foxes have done but doesn't maybe think it's one that everyone should jump on board with. Yeah, admiring but not enough for, uh, for it to change the way he thinks about football and the way he thinks football should be played. Definitely not, you know, it's, 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 it's very clear that, that the manager is absolutely steadfast in the way he thinks the game should be played. Um, you know, he explained that he, uh, sort of further in, at the weekend, didn't he, in that, in that sit-down with Jamie Carragher. Um, but it's worked, hasn't it? So I think every manager, whether, you know, whether Roberto would be so steadfast that he wouldn't, at least look at what they've done right and try and maybe look at something of some element of their play and maybe try and put it into what he does going forward. I don't know, but you know, every manager would have to sit up and take notice of what Leicester have done, and, and you would like to think they'd be able to take at least something from it. Yeah, I mean, the irony is, I think, that we've said umpteen times on the podcast, isn't it, that when, when Everton do counter attack, it's probably the most enjoyable time to watch them this season. But I mean, it's by the by because it seems clear that at this point given it's got the all, all the uncertainty over the manager at the moment, but he's not for changing, and his default position is possession football. So you're obviously a, an admirer of Leicester. Um, do you think more managers will be trying to copy what they've done, and do you think Everton should try and incorporate bits of the way they play? Yeah, I, th- I think Everton should look at Leicester as some kind of inspiration of what can be achieved when you can change your game. I know just Leicester this season... I was looking at their results early on this season and they were winning games like 4-2, 2-1, 3-2 and they're really entertaining. And what I found is that since February time, Ranieri changed the tactics and they started getting a lot more 1-0 wins, started being stubborn. So they changed their, the way they played, which is really good to see that. It shows you the manager is adaptable and it shows you he can pick up a bargain. So why, why wouldn't you want to be like Leicester at the moment? Why wouldn't you want to win the league? It's about winning games, it's not about... Words like project and philosophy, it doesn't exist in football, in my opinion. I think every team should go out to win games, not based, not just truly base yourself on performances. Football doesn't work like that. I suppose you had, on another scale, a grander scale, a similar sort of clash of two philosophies, 
on Tuesday night when yeah. you had obviously Bayern and Atletico. Yeah. And again, that sort of Leicester slash Atletico model triumph, Gav. It did. Um, going back to the first point, though, when it's about the change and whether it changes the landscape, I think it's because of the changing landscape that Leicester that won the title. That, yeah, I think, you know, we've spoken about, directly on the podcast, about how there's far more equality in the Premier League now than what there was, say, certainly 10 years ago. There's no way Leicester would have won the title between, say, 2005, 2010, when the top four were like Liverpool, Arsenal, Man United, Chelsea every season, all getting like 75, 80 points plus. It, it just wouldn't have happened. It's because, I think this is the lesson learned from Leicester, is, is, it's because of the obsession with money and big signings and, and sort of football being a bit more about as what Tony was talking about, winning games. I think big clubs especially have lost the, the, the sort of, uh, the basic, they've lost the basics about getting your basics mm-hmm. right within your team. You know, getting a good, still great goalkeeper, getting two sound defensive, you know, centre-halves, Getting um, you know a midfielder who can who can pass the ball, getting one who can do box to box, and integrating them into into one unit, and that's what makes you know a great you know not a great team, but that what makes it a competitive team. More than some of its parts. But, yeah, but all great teams are, however good they are. But I think what Martinez was talking about, which he was right, I think he's been taken to task is saying that Leicester have won the title because of you know it's not organisation, it's because of Mares and he, on did, individuals. he didn't say well, that. He said well, to rely on individuals. Yeah. Yeah. You know. He said he said you you got that structure, but you're not going to win the title just with that structure. You then need on top of that two or three individuals who will win you win your key games and that's what Leicester have got and that's what everybody and that's what I think all the big clubs appear to have gone about getting your basics right with any successful team is is is, is the important thing. There's this obsession with image and, you know, United saying no we can never buy a player like Mares and stuff like that. You know, it's just that's just nonsense. And I think that's why Leicester have capitalised on that. And I think that's why you've seen other clubs coming up, you know, you know, being far more competitive because it's one of the big clubs to me have lost that lost that um, sort of understanding of what makes a, a competitive team. Yeah, if you're at Burnley now, you're looking and copying every single thing that Leicester have done yeah. last summer, aren't you? Because you're thinking this is our way to, well, th- certainly thrive in, in Leicester's case, but this is our way to survive if you're Burnley. What struck me then when you were describing that that model, if you like, is that not too long ago we had that in yeah. 2005 when we finished yeah. fourth, which effectively in that era, it was a bit like winning a title. It wasn't, obviously, and I'm not suggesting it was, but yeah. in, in terms of how, what an achievement it was, it was almost akin to that, because getting into that top four, you just didn't do it, unless you were mm. the clubs that you mentioned earlier. Yeah, you could, have, you could argue the case that we had it in the years that followed as well, certainly in the last six or seven years, but what we didn't have, and I think that's what Roberto was alluding to before, we didn't have, perhaps apart from Arteta, we didn't have two or three players mm. who were consistent match winners like Leicester have had Mahrez and Vardy this season. We didn't have a 25 goal season. Yeah. Like, we've got one now, ironically enough. But I haven't we got a defence have... to... Yeah, to yeah, you know, yeah, you know, so, so, and, and, and that, that's, that, that's the difference between Everton under the previous manager and Leicester now, is we did get the basics right. We didn't have that little sprinkle of dust on, a magic dust on top of it that makes the difference. One of the, one of the words, and I think it would be a word that would be applicable to that 2005 Everton team, and it's one that's been um, banded about and used in a, in a positive sort of description of Leicester, has been intense and intensity. And, you know, Roberto alluded it, to it today. He was asked, you know, 
after after Leicester had come to Goodison and won around Christmas, did he honestly feel that they were definitely going to win the title? And he, he kind of openly almost said, well, he didn't because he said City, etc. was still very much in the chase. But could you... And look, we feel like we're, at, we're just constantly beating on Everton this season and we knew it, it, it's, been, it's been awful. But that's surely something that Everton have got to take from this Leicester team then. An intense approach... Is it? A, I don't know if it's a mentality or it's it's a it's sort of a, a way of playing from the word go and and surely you know and if you look at Leicester, indiv- you know individually talented. There's there's more talented groups of players out there, but they play with pace, power, strength, and commitment. And it, it, it's it's the kind of basics, isn't it, of any football team? Whatever level you play, that's what you expect. You might okay, you might not be as as wonderfully talented as a David Silver or whoever, but you've got to give all of those things and create it and make it hard for the opposition because yeah. and you'll but you'll have a degree of success. Now I totally understand that Roberto believes that playing a certain way over the long term will bring the rewards that we want, but we've got to look at and and Everton have got to look at what Leicester have achieved and think well, okay, if we want to go in that direction, that's fine, but we're We've lost a lot of those assets. I, I agree with Phil on when it comes to basics. I think Everton have got, they've shown away from that. When you, you look at Leicester's team, the defenders defend. They don't come out of that eighteen-yard box. They defend. The full-backs don't go past the halfway line. Their defenders defend. Everyone knows the job. Yeah, that's it. Defenders defend. The defensive midfielders will win the ball back, and if they lose it, they win it back again until they win the ball back, and they give it to the creative midfielders. Creative midfielders supply Vardy, and that's it. Their basics is what it is. Everton are the total opposite. The defenders will want to play the football. They'll lose defense. They lose defenders in the box. They'll lose set pieces. They're not interested in that, and that shows you what Roberto Martinez. If he doesn't look at Leicester as an example and an inspiration for what Everton can do, then he's deluded as far as I'm concerned. I actually think that if you look at some of the players um, Everton have got. Could actually be that in many respects, you know. And you think, and we had this whole discussion last season when, God, there was that that sort of thin threat of relegation after the Stoke defeat, and, and Roberto kind of changed it. Newcastle at home, QPR away, where he's willingly encouraged his players to go longer and quicker to Rom. And you think, well, Rom loves that, doesn't he? Now, I'm not saying we should become a long ball team all of a sudden, but. There's those sort of players in the team. James McCarthy's got great legs. Mo Bessic's got great... Tom Cleverley can get about the pitch. I don't understand why we can't have some of that in that team. I think the the interesting thing is that people who would want to decry what Leicester have done or, or do them down would try and kid you that they're just basically another Stoke City under Pulis or a West Brom. But they're not. They're entertaining they're to watch. watch. Oh, they're yeah. great at Goodison. They're entertaining to watch. They might not want to have the ball from the offset for a certain percentage of the game. They might not have set targets about how many passes they want to complete. But ultimately, who cares about those things? And we've said it again and again and again. All that matters is that you've got that W in on the table mm-hmm. at the end of the 95, whatever yeah. it is, minutes. Yeah. I was just thinking then, Bob, we talking about this. There's probably every single club's podcast this week has probably started yeah. off. What can we do to live from Leicester? Yeah. And you know, you think of all the money that's spent in the Premier League on coaches and data and stuff. And you yeah. know, people are well actually 
let's have a look at them. What are they doing? But it's, right. it's, yeah, it's but not just sorry, it's not yeah. just Leicester. It's yeah, exactly. Yeah, when yeah, I look, yeah. you look at them at the start of the season, you think West Ham. Southampton, Tottenham, let's base ourselves around them. They are miles ahead of us. Miles ahead of us in points. Absolutely. The other points I was going to mention, which is another word that Roberto used, I think, Phil, in the the conference this this morning, which is is applicable, is concentration. He said he admired (laughs) the intensity and concentration. That was applicable in the home game against Leicester. Concentration, wasn't it? That's, that's, you know, I'd like to theme on the podcast this season, is concentration for 90 minutes and concentration where if you're a defender... Um, you know, when last couple of minutes of a game, and also we mentioned like sort of concentration in terms of being switched on if you're up, up the field, anticipating things. We spoke about Barkley a couple of weeks ago in the Derby where there was two knock ons from Ron, which actually he should have been switched on around Ansu and he stood, he stood, uh, he stood still. And that's it's that concentration for 90 minutes, mm-hmm. isn't it? And it's whether we have this season, I don't know what the answer is, uh, being able to do that. Sufficiently, and the, it will, the results will point actually. We haven't. Well, you so you're already getting the not backlash that'll, that'll start sometime in the summer. Well, people turn around and saying, Well, I'd like to see how they get on next season, or oh, there's going to be different problems, different issues for them. Well, again, just to go to a, a grander scale, Atletico have been doing it for a good few seasons under Simeone now. And if you flip it round, Everton had a good season under Martinez. Uh, his first season mm-hmm. and then two woeful ones so that way of playing in 2013-14 didn't, Evan, didn't set Everton up for a, mm-hmm. you know another two campaigns of success either so as, if you do what you do well and you stick at it and you refine and become mm-hmm. better at it in whatever style you play you'll progress mm-hmm. yeah it's good, um, good point. something that we spoke about I think it might have been last week as well lads as well about recruitment as well and I haven't, you know, typical truth form, I haven't done my research coming into this, but um, I just wonder if you look at Leicester's attack, yes, you've got Vardy and Mahrez, the two standouts, but how many goals have Okazaki, Ujoa, I think Andy King's chipped in with goals, and, you, and again, I know it's, we have to make this comparison, but have Everton lacked that? Are, are there, yeah. uh, is it from Rom to Ross and Ross Downs too much of a gap? Yeah, and it's not just... You know, uh, midfielders and forwards, it's defenders, isn't it? Um, and we've yeah. lacked a goal threat from four, ironically, Leighton scored on uh, yeah. on Saturday. Um, we've lacked a goal threat from, from our defenders in open play. We've lacked a goal threat apart from Funes Mori when he's been on from... And generally, set, set piece to the line has been poor. They have yeah. the two centre halves chip in, I'd say, about five or six goals this season. And important as well. And Morgan. Yeah. Big goals. Yeah. Well, all Morgan, the time. you know, Morgan scored a couple of crucial ones recently. He scored the winner at uh, White Hart Lane, didn't he? And here at Man City. Yeah. So, and, and that's it. And, and all, you know, we, even, I think when going back to 2004 5, is, I think our leading scorer then was, was Tim with was 11. Mm. I think Marcus Bent got seven. I think they were the two, yeah. the two highest scorers because other people. He was people, coming in from Gravis and yeah, everywhere else. Yeah, and, and um, you know, and that's something that I think there is too big a gap, and that needs to be addressed. But why? why the question is, why is that mm. too big a gap? Why, why, why haven't the other players so cleverly? I know Morales has not played sufficient numbers of games, perhaps. But why have the other players not done? I mean, Barry and McCarthy don't score at all, do they? No, really? no. 
I mean, to be fair, Barry, how many did he score in the first season? He's got three in his first season, he's not scored since. Six, Okazaki's got four. Right, okay. Yeah. I mean, again, it's it's difficult. I mean, if we go back to that first season under Roberto, Rom was the top scorer. I think Morales have probably got plenty. And then you obviously had Nasey chipping in with big Mm. goals, you know. Yeah. And I guess, guess, you know, Nasey's form wasn't terrific last season. And obviously, we've sold him. Have we replaced him? Well, Nias, we all know about that. We've talked about that long and hard into the night, haven't we? So, I think it was an issue that Roberto realised he needed to address. Yeah. But then, obviously, Umar Nias' problems have meant that it hasn't been addressed yet. Yeah. One huge glaring difference for me between Leicester and Everton is the fitness levels. I, I, I look at Leicester, and I was watching them against Manchester United the other day, and they had 10 men against Man United at Old Trafford, and they were bit, the fitness levels are beyond belief. You're looking at them, and you think, how are you still putting this shift in? And then you look at Everton, and it's total, the stark contrast is baffling. You're looking at players, and they seem, to me, and I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, they seem overweight to be a footballer. And they can't, half of them can't run from box to box, especially central midfielders. And you look at them and going, how are you so leggy, that You've done nothing all season. And you, you were coming towards the end of the season, and you're, you're just as bad. I, think I take you. I do actually take your point that just generally Everton's fitness levels are a bit concerning this season. Massive, they, they massive. Don't, and they don't com- compare favourably with Tottenham or Leicester. It's not just that; like, they concede late goals because of it. Yeah, the mentality no, no, changes. No, I, I, I agree, but I wonder how much of it is that extra kind of intangible ten percent in the mind because Leicester are a club and a dressing room which is every much together. The in, the in synchronicity with the manager. Yeah. It's a club this season that have been going in one direction. They've had something to fight for, and it's almost given them that extra. You know, it's almost that thing with um, Harry Kane. You know, trying to yeah. suggest they were going to catch up on them on Twitter with the Lions, yeah. and you could tell that's all. That's all kind of like fired the Leicester's belief. Yeah. Everton have just been that. <laughs> the opposite, isn't the it? The contrast in yeah. every way, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, that, I think I said the other week. You know, any team top of the table is always fit. No, yeah, that, that's what I'm trying is, to say. It is. But it's not just Leicester, Gavin. Look at the bottom teams as well. Newcastle. No, Newcastle were on the, the, the down, downward curve the other week, and the Benitez has come in there, and they look a totally different team. But that's that's. I'm a, not just naming top no, teams here. I'm normal run of the mill Premier yeah, League teams. You look much more fitter than yeah, Everton players. New, new managers will always have an effect. The base has an effect. That's why we've just been talking about 2013-14. But I do agree. There was one point I think on Saturday where. We broke out of defence, and I think when you looked at the pitch, we had three men who broken up up by the halfway line, and the other seven outfielders were at, at the edge of the, the penalty area. Now that could be tactical, but when you're doing that, it just doesn't. It's not looking fit, but it's acting fit in the game, isn't yeah. it? And I was just thinking that shouldn't two or three of them by the penalty area? Shouldn't they be a little bit up the pitch? I think that don't go I well, Gavis, when you're seeing... Obviously, we know what Nias is about, but when he's got his hands on his hips, blown for tugs on, on the halfway line after just yeah. a six-yard burst, then that's, that's not good. The fans don't want to see that either. I'd want to see Richard Evans, Everton's, Everton's head of medicine, yeah. going to his opposite number at Leicester and saying, we've what got a lad here who's got a wrist injury, and it's stopped him apparently playing for the best part of three months. Yeah. What have you just done differently with Vardy and his wrist injury? Yeah. I mean, look, I am obviously being facetious there because yeah. clearly there's something that's gone on with Nias. Because that wrist injury hasn't stopped him doing, you wouldn't imagine doing cardiovascular, running at Finch Farm. Yeah. And yet on Saturday, and I know the intensity of a Premier League game is very hard to you know, replicate yeah. in the training ground, 
But it did look as yeah. if, you know, he hadn't even been doing anything really. But it's not just him as well. Have you seen Telefay for large parts of the season? That's you get an half an hour yeah. out of him and that's it. He's blown for tugs on the halfway yeah. line. Uh, hypothetically speaking, and we don't see training, so we, we can only guess. Do you think that because, that you know, Roberto has brought this style of football trying to play, then it's about methods and positions and at overloading wings and, and being in control of the ball. Do you think that because that's the focus of training, because he, he's trying to bring something, develop something and, and this culture change, that maybe there isn't an, as much time as there would have been under a previous it, manager yeah. to work on basic fitness stuff that, that might, when you look, if you if that is true, that Moyes' team for fitter than the current team, and is that is that something that would be a factor? Definitely, and but I don't think it's true that you can either have one or the other. And I think Tottenham have proved that. In a, di- in a different way, Bayern have proved that. Uh, the current Barcelona have proved that. You can have an expansive style yeah. and, a- and match that with fitness and intensity. It's not a case one or the other. And so something isn't being done right in terms of the fitness. Is it all about the theory, though, maybe with the current Levin team, that you let the ball do the work, you know, that old kind of saying. And But what I'm saying is that that would probably be a similar view for... Um, Guardiola at Bayern mm. and um, Pochettino mm. not so much with Pochettino but to a degree and yet they can also get in teams faces and press yeah. and press and press yeah, and yeah. work I hard think, I think they talk about Pochettino's training and settings are quite intense aren't yeah. they they yeah. are really trained double sessions I believe yeah, yeah, yeah but sessions. look at the way they are when they've got the ball they're brilliant to watch yeah, yeah. but I do, I do think I mean Barcelona I mean you, you train so when you get so you work harder when you get to get the ball back, don't you? That's the whole, yeah. the whole thing about it. When you know Barcelona won the peak probably two thousand and eleven. See when they lost the ball, see how hard they did to win it back. You know, yeah, you know. So you do need both. I was just there was, was something in, in Roberto's interview on on Saturday, which I thought was quite quite illuminating with uh, Jamie Carragher when he was talking. Yeah, I think there was a question about what what would you prefer? You know, a good defence or like this expansive, you know, possession style football. And I think Roberto said, you know, obviously the possession size football. And then Jamie Carragher said, yes, okay, fine, but because you have both. And Roberto said, you can, but you can, you can, you need to master one of them. So in other words, you know, Roberto was saying, you know, you can get your defence, get your defence okay, but you know, master the, the possession style game, or mm. do the reverse, like say Atletico yeah, Madrid yeah, or yeah. Leicester, where you know, perhaps even. Is master your defence and then sort of take it from it's there. Interesting, so, yeah. And it just, just that was quite an interesting, mm. you know, uh, statement to make. That it's probably true to a degree, whether you agree with it or not. And it, it just just shows you that he does think about it. It's not all about the, the possession oh, yeah. side, but that's where but, to master. That's what he thinks you should. But do. is the problem? How long would it take to master? And B, does the current crop? Are they good enough to master it? Well, because I think he, what I think, and this is me surmising, reading through the lines, what he's saying, that he, and we've heard before that defensive set pieces aren't worked on, drills aren't done. I think that his, he thinks the best way of defending is having the ball. Absolutely. And the opposition haven't got it. Yeah, because they can't, well, that's the the Guardiola thing, isn't it? Which is, in theory, is a sound theory. It doesn't, so we're going around the circle, apologies to listeners, but I don't think it works in the Premier League. It doesn't. It's point proven, especially this season. Okay. There's Leicester yeah. with the fourth worst possession stats this season. Yeah. Have won the league with two yeah. games spare. Yeah, it's the lowest. So would you rather have a lowest? Would, 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 would you? Does it? That, that's yeah. a fact. Atletico Madrid, 
they're in the Champions League final and yeah. they join top of La Liga. Okay. That football evolves and I feel as if that football where you're just solely possession-based, that, that's gone now, that's but, history. But, but OK, so, but again, with a similar group of players under the same manager, why does it appear to work in 2013-14? It was obvious why, because they had Moyes' defence. It's blatantly obvious so, why they had the stability of David Moyes at the back four. So, what you, so OK, but we still... When we've got the ball now, we're not as good. It's not as if now we... But as cohesive as what we were two mm. years ago. Okay, oh, I take on point about mm. your defence and stuff that maybe players have left that and not been replaced adequately. But when we've got the ball, or fifty percent or sixty percent of the game, why aren't we as cohesive and as organised with it as what we were two years ago? It's <sighs> a good question. <laughs> well, that's a million dollar question, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. right. And with some similar players as well, you know, just stuff. You know, is that down or, to the players or the manager? Is he telling them now? Or does defend... I don't want you chasing round after the ball. Just keep the ball. Yeah, or does it prove the point that actually... You know that I'm at the old American football adage about, you know, it's attacks when, when you games, when mm. it's defensive, when you championships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually... For, for you to be able to do that, to use the ball in a cohesive manner, you need confidence, and confidence comes from results. And actually, but if you've got a bad defence, mm. you know, your defensive frailties, yeah. then you don't get those results. And I think there's probably a bit of both. And, and that, that's the curious thing for me. Evan is why why have we lost that cohesion? I think what well, I think what we can't answer that fully and it's a really good question. And I think that's probably at the, the nub of what's not gone wrong under Martinez's reign so far. But for me it was that tip tipping point when this stamp began to be rotated out of the team and the alternatives were Antlin Alcaraz and then latterly and I'm not slagging the lad off because there's a lot of good things about him, but latterly Funes Mori. And they're both defenders handpicked by Martinez on because he wants him to bring the ball out from the back. And ideally he wants him to play alongside the John Stones or the Jags. And that's where Everton's porous for me that begin to really show up how vulnerable they've been at the back. Well, are we not as cohesive trying to try and answer the question, Gav? Are we not looking as cohesive because we are leaving ourselves too much to do because the defence has got worse and therefore when we when we have got the ball, we're maybe chasing games or there's nervousness setting in. Where there was, I mean, do you remember that first season to Reverso? You went to Goodison, you were just like, yeah, we're going to win. We went to most games, going, yeah, we'll yeah. probably get something. Here. Yeah. But there's that nervousness, and it must filter into the players because they know progressively over the last two seasons, the defense has got worse, so we're leaving ourselves with more to do. And they're probably thinking, they're probably snatching at shots, forcing passes they wouldn't have done because they're thinking we've got to make the most of this chance. Because if we don't if we don't score, yeah. there's a good chance we're going to lose this game. Definitely, and you've got players who've gone backwards. I think about James McCarthy, who in that mm-hmm. first season under Roberto was one of the. He was he was brilliant. He, was, he yeah. really was one of the signings of the season in the Premier League, and he's he's a pale shadow of that of mm-hmm. that player now, and I don't understand how he's gone that far backwards. He, he, I think it's a son of last week is that he reminds he's got well Liverpool have got like Jordan Henderson exactly the same. Just them run arounds, but don't get, actually get anywhere. Look as if they're working hard, but when do you see James McCarthy on the ball? Yeah, when do you see him winning the ball? Yeah. You just see him running about, yeah. but you don't actually see him actually doing anything. To, to draw comparisons with Leicester, which, you know, perhaps, you know, Kante. Is, is, is Kante, isn't oh. it? He, he wins the ball, but he uses it really, really effectively. Yeah, it less than half yeah. what James and, did. And I'm trying to answer that question. I'm still still booking me after. It's it's diff- diff- I think the manager's got a lot to play with it. Yeah, I mean, because it's essentially 
I mean, they brought players in who should really have had, you know, added value. I mean, Rom's like now full time, he's two years down yeah. the line, he's better, far better player than yeah. what he was in his first season. Mm. Um, and it's, it, is it because we've not replaced that sort of hardcore Moyes players, the, the Osmonds and Pienaars, who are now two years ago probably come and do a job for you? Well, don't thing, you know, Aussie was so important in that first season, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah. Really was. Peanut, yeah. especially. And is that is that it? Or if you've got the system, and you know you've got that in your mind, like Roberto has, and you've got that vision. Does it really matter who comes in? It's it's the system that should work. It's not necessarily the players. And but they, but you know those two players you spoke about, and although they would have their detractors, and people would say they're limited. They've played in the Premier League their entire oh, yeah. careers. So they I know would, what's needed. I wouldn't say that at all on, on both of them. Oh, no, I, I think we no, do. Players, I think, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We know full well that people criticise them, but uh, they know the Premier and League. That, and that's the issue where, you know, if you're looking at where we are now compared to two years ago, why, why, is that, why has that happened? Um, and I don't think it's just down to, you know, the defence is now conceding 55 I think goals, it's down to 40 managing. goals. I think he's adamant in the way he wants... Average players to play the Barcelona away from years ago, and he's asking them to keep the ball that that well that you don't need to go around chasing the ball no more. You just keep the ball so good that leave that. We we're, we're more dangerous with the ball than without it. Yeah, but but it's when you say average players, they weren't the same players were in average two years ago. Which is my point. But they had that it. defense, Gavin. Give them the stability. That's what I'm trying to say. We haven't got that no more. Yeah, but you're talking about having the ball like Barcelona. You're talking there for Barry McCarthy, Lukaku. So, so if you take your four, sorry, if you take your four defenders away, you've but got yeah, six I, I players because you need that. You need that base that sets well, you off. But Baines and Coleman got... are still there, aren't they? And they were there two years ago. Jags. Jags are still there. So you're not talking. You're not talking major changes. But you've got now. two years later, and they haven't been replaced or they haven't been challenged so, for the position. So they're older. Well. They're yeah, older. So, yeah, older. So there's, there's, there's that and he's bought in all playing defenders, not defenders. He's okay. more interested in playing football from the back. It's been found out. Well, we, we were doing that two years ago. Well, Barry used to drop back. I mean, we got into trouble a couple of times. Exactly. Barry was picking up the ball and we'd be sort of... Um, we nearly lost a couple of goals. And I know what you're saying, but it, it's, it's, it's a bit of a... Uh, unfathomable to me about why so in, in, in those two down. years. And it's not like just in the last couple of months. It's been something that's sort of been a big step change. From like the yeah. summer of 2014, 18 months. Yeah, 18 months. And it's just, that, it's a bit of a, not a mystery, but there's probably several reasons. But the fact that we've not been able to, to rectify it indicates to me that, you know, perhaps the players and management, perhaps, you know, you know how, how, how can we sort of get it back to what it was like two or three years ago? Now? It is interesting that what you said about Leicester scored a lot more, but in some games conceded more. I'd... Look, obviously I've watched them like everybody else with interest and curiosity and admiration, but our focus here clearly is the Blues, so they're the ones who have watched in the most depth. But were they more expansive last, you know, in, in August before Christmas, or have they just refined what they do? And, and cause you're saying that basically Ranieri's been adaptable and flexible. Yeah, yeah definitely. The yeah. results prove that. If you look the, at the way it plays, hasn't look, changed really, has it? Well, it has. They, they haven't been more expansive than it when when he was early on in the season from August I think till December I looked at the results and I remember I was backing them myself on the both teams to score coupon they were, they were great bets I think last you don't bet no, no never, never. <laughs> I think there was a, they hit a stage where like 16 out of the 
18 games. They were like over two goals in the match and both teams scored. So it shows you how expansive they did play. But if you look at the last 15 results this yeah. uh, in this calendar year, it's a lot of one nils yeah. included. So he shows he was adaptable to that, and he showed he could change. Where I don't, I think he's the, the total opposite of Roberto Martinez. Well, he's got a lot more experience. I mean, I think it's as much other teams adapting to Leicester as Leicester adapting. It's, it's other teams will play, will play uh, deeper now. So rather than pushing up and leaving a little bit of space for Vardy to, to, to but then to you're not going to beat them because Leicester sit so but, deep. But that's what, it, that's what I mean. But what Ranieri said is okay. Well, you do that, so we'll 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 do a different style. Mm. That will still still win games. So like that's that's the clever bit. Um, I, I don't think he's just gone out there from January and said, I'm going to change my tactics now. He's reacting to what other people do, and that's what good management is. That's, and, and that's the thing, isn't it? Hugely experienced manager, 30 odd years, and that's, you know, that stands a lot. I mean, Roberto's been a manager, what, seven? Yeah, in the top flight. Well, he's been, yeah, been around. I'm just, I'm just saying about Bill, Ranieri. That's what. Old Billet, yeah, but I'm saying, well, Billet has done a bit and he's managed internationally. Yeah, that, probably not wrong to compare to Roberto there, but so just talking about Leicester, Ranieri's been a manager for 30 years, mm. you know, in, in, in several different countries. So that, that experience is, is, is vital. And, and that's part of the, the components of being a winning team. But shouldn't have Roberto. We're not just basing this on this season. Shouldn't they have learned that from last season? In, in terms of like the declines now yeah. over two yeah, the years, the declines so, over two years. So. You've got it's not just this season. Yeah, last season was just as bad. I think last season we were the first time we got bombed out the two cup competitions and opening stages as well, as well as the league position. Yeah. So it's not just this season; it's last season as well. Yeah. Which we've just it's gone it's gone backwards. For me, it just keeps coming around to the, to the, the defense. Phil wrote a piece. Excuse me. Earlier um, in earlier in the spring, and he, he basically said that, and it was in Royal Blue, funnily enough, and he was basically saying that uh, the failure to replace this stand with a proper out-and-out defender had cost Everton, and you know, some people agreed them, others were quite you know, derisive, really saying it. <laughs> no, but the way you know, mm-hmm. usual feedback, it was mixed. Some said it was he was spot on, and others were like, no, not at all. But I stand by what he wrote. I I agree because mm-hmm. when I look at Leicester. At Goodison Park earlier in the season, I looked at I looked at um, Wes Morgan and their and their back four, and they were impenetrable. Mm-hmm. They were physically robust, and Everton for all Everton's fluidity and and movements in the final third, so so called, they couldn't get through them. They love defending, though, Greg. They you love defending. They do their job. Us, and Phil, I think that's what Phil was saying. Everton needed to, in January even to bring someone in who was like that, and last summer instead we got. Funes Mori, again, I'm so keen to I'm not slagging him off because there's so much about what he does is good. Is he the right player for the Premier League and Everton? I don't know. With some sort of the defenders that Roberto has brought in, Alcaraz, Mori, you could easily play them in centre midfield. They're, no. not, they're not defenders, are they? Yeah, but... You could play John Stones in centre midfield. That's well, what that's, I'd like to see him play, to be where, fair, which is a fair shout, yeah, yeah. But a couple of months ago, we were saying Furness Mori was, was, was decent. So, I mean, it's his first season. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's what, exactly yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. I'm not slagging Mori His first season in the Premier League, and he's a, he's a young defender. So, I mean, he's done reasonably. He scored goals as well for us, which is good. He's done reasonably well for mm. us over the campaign. No, but it's, it's, it's an interesting, maybe it's another podcast altogether, but, you know, we spoke about Leicester being robust at the back, and I kind of feel that that's what Everton fans want to see. 
I feel it's kind of bred into the kind of nature of what they expect to see yeah, at Goodison. Yeah. I feel it's a kind of yeah. This, this is a club this, of this, Lebone, Dave Watson, yeah. going it's, forward, players like that. Yeah. Colossus is I, I think that's contributed to the issues, the fact that Rats. we've not been a generations, you know, have not been used to seeing as so porous. And it's weird, isn't it? And it's and I don't think it sits well. They're not, they're not used to this football, are they? They're not used to just watch. Hey, look, it's been, some, of the, some of the attacking players, you know, let's try and find the positive. Some of the attacking play this season, and, you know, even the first season was terrific. And we're like, this is a breath of fresh air. School this of what, science this is way what, back. Absolutely. But the first season was the perfect balance, wasn't yeah. it? Because 15 clean sheets in the league, yeah. I think, you know, and as I said before, you went into every game thinking, well, we're going to win it. The quick one we haven't touched on as well, Kasper Schmeichel. Now, I don't know, I'd warrant, I guess he's played almost every league game for Leicester. Yeah. Another thing, if, hate to do it, but, you know, the manager should have addressed earlier, perhaps, was the situation with Tim Howard. He dilly-dallied about it, and it, it, I believe it cost Everton points. Definitely. In the end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it goes back to what I was saying at the start, wasn't it? The foundation is getting a good, good stroke of eight keeper, isn't it? Of any, any yeah, team. Nigel Martin back in 05, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And, um, I just that that's been a, a weak point. But what what the thing with Leicester, and I don't want to, you know, draw comparisons again. But it goes back to like their sense of defensive partnership. Is it sort of something ridiculous? They played ninety seven percent of the minutes mm, in the Premier League together this but, season, I mean, and like fair, Spurs have as well. Leicester have been have been fortunate so, with you know, suspensions until now. Yeah, and, you, and a successful off. team, you never yeah, injured as well. By the way, that's the other day. That's the other rule. Mm. Like you know, you and and so we've had probably. Four or five different centrals, defensive partnerships yeah, yeah. this season. But to be you fair, know. we've had Barkley and Lukaku for large chunks of the season. I can't remember any of them. They were ever present, weren't they? Until ever present. Yeah. No, but we're talking Sounds. about defensive stability. That's what. But that's, defensive what I mean. units. that's down to the manager, Gav, isn't it? No, but we've had we've had a couple of injuries. I mean, it goes back to my favourite point is that we've not had enough centre half. Yeah, we've gone from four today. But if, if you the, the the advantages you get of having the same defence there or thereabouts week in, week out are enormous, you know, in terms of, like, your stability as a team. And I think probably under the previous manager, probably thinking that most seasons, I would imagine, you know, the, the, the first choice defence or, like, yeah. or your third defence yeah. have played most of the games. This season, we've had to chop and change. Yeah. We've had centre-halves playing full-back. We've had defensive midfielders playing centre-half. You know, and that type of if you, if you have that behind, we've changed the keeper halfway through the season. Mm. If you have that sort of instability for whatever reason, that's you had to You made one tweak when yeah. Lescott came in from the left back into centre defence, yeah. it was one tweak, yeah. and then Baines was in left back, and then that was it. Yeah. Then you could see yeah. him out. I think, well, again, Gav spot on because another situation that could have been nipped in the bud in the transfer market in January, possibly the summer before, but definitely January, was right back. Where you got to the farcical, not farcical, but the ultimately destructive situation of, of having Mo Bessick, a young central midfielder, playing right back at Wembley, when Hibbert was Hibbert's fitness was has been a problem for eighteen months. Seamus Coleman, you're asking, therefore, put a lot of pressure on him to stay fit one hundred percent of the time. And who's they bring in? Philippe Mattioni. A lot of you might be saying, who's he? Well, exactly. You know, he's a lad who quick came in on a short-term deal. He had played at AC Milan, so he had a decent pedigree. He hasn't kicked the ball in anger for us. He got bombed out on loan, did nothing on loan, and currently it doesn't look like he'll be at the club beyond the summer. 
So that was another situation. Could Sam have been Grime as well. He Sam, well, he, see, he alluded to that by trying to buy Byron. Yeah. Now, when he didn't get Byron, what did he do? No, that was it. But so, uh, it's not just the right back or the centre halves. We said that the centre forward for me was we've seen Lukaku and he's helped. He's, he's been influential this season. But there was games. I think Swansea away was one, and a couple of games over the last last six previous games where he hasn't been at his best. And it wasn't been a prime example to give someone a chance. There's your six games for us, but he never bought a centre forward. Does it go down to planning? Because I don't know if did Leicester do much business in January. I don't know, no. Didn't need to. All the foundations of what they've achieved were yeah. built last summer. Yeah. Well, obviously Pearson takes some yeah. credit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I can only repeat what's said at the start is you've got to get your basics right at any football club, however rich you are. And, you know, and perhaps, you know, maybe this goes back onto the previous manager in this tail end. Maybe we, we haven't got the basics right in terms of having the right numbers of defenders <laughs> just in the right places. It's yeah. that and having the right keeper. And it's that that sometimes it can be quite simple. This you can talk mm. about, you know, it, it can be quite simple answers, and um, that that's been the real frustrating thing for me, um, because we still got the players. You know, talking about compared to two years ago, we still got Barkley, yeah, you know, Barkley, mm. Rom, McCarthy, Barry, Barkley and Rom are certainly better players than what they were two years ago. Yeah. Although Barkley's obviously lost a little bit form. So just moving on towards the end of the podcast. Um, obviously, we have got Leicester as we've, we've been emphasising, but there's these three games left. It's the balance now, isn't it, about whether you try and put out you know, what you would consider your strongest senior eleven or your blood youngsters like Kieran Dahl. Phil, I, I don't think I'm alone in being disappointed at how little time um, Kieran was afforded on Saturday against Bournemouth. Yeah, I think everybody was. Um, you know, come on, on the 87th minute, we were expecting... I think I think some of us were thinking he might have even started, but obviously you know the manager knows him better than we do, so he decided that it was best to bring him on. But we thought he may have got more time. Well, hopefully, Leicester will be a great a great platform for Kieran Dowell to go and show everybody, show the world. By the way, because everybody's eyes yeah. are on the match, what he can do. Well, Leicester might be bladded going into the game. Yeah. Not to champagne. I just want to see. You know, to be fair, because he he played Nias from the start against. Um, Bournemouth and let's you know that was effectively like playing an academy lad you know because yeah. he's not played yeah. so I think I think Dowell should start um, Davis should start Phil I'd like to but obviously it's difficult if you want to play five or six it might be it might be too far but yeah two or three but what's I, it's I, not a dead rubber in respect of the money and, and the points is it it's not like Krasnodar I wouldn't play but do you seriously think Martinez looks at that going ooh if I finished ninth here or Actually, I think yeah. Leicester is is the game. Actually, going back to what I've just said there, Leicester of the three is probably the game where he could afford to play more kids because, yeah. as Gav has alluded to yeah. there in the press conference today, he, he mentioned the integrity of the yeah. league. Now, Sunderland and Norwich are coming up. Now, those two sides are fighting for their lives. Now, Everton do not want to be in a position where they're accused of, of effectively kind of giving their team free yeah. passes by playing too many kids, you know, and Roberto's probably got too much respect for the other managers in the situation that, you know, he, he probably couldn't play six, seven youngsters. So, Saturday maybe is the best chance. Yeah, I was just disappointed. I'm, I'm not a great fan, just generally speaking, of bringing players on for two minutes at the end of a game, full stop, in whatever circumstances. I just don't see, just don't see I the point. See the po- I didn't see the uh, point. Just generally, but I think it was a good game and I... I I was su- surprised that he didn't play for half an hour. 
You couldn't have unpicked. You couldn't have unpicked a better game. Bournemouth, flip flops on, and they're not going to throw a tackle in. Yeah. So why? Uh, just, that was a bit disappointing really for me. But Ken Roberto has his, has, his, has his reasons, and he you know wants to win the you know get the three. You know what? Just play a couple of the kids on on um, Saturday. Leicester they've been drinking for only all week, so they've got nothing to lose. And drink Thai beer. It could be could be a repeat of remember two thousand five when we played Arsenal on the beer seven 0 seven after a three nights out. The irony, the irony if we uh, pull them apart with possession football. <laughs> 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 yeah, predictions then, Phil. What do you reckon the score's going to be? Uh, I think it's going to be one all, and um, Kieran Dow to bag it. Oof. So, uh, Leicester victory. Only to judge him by what I've seen all season. Yeah. Did you say victory now? You're not bothered no, with the score? Let, no, I think, I think Leicester will win 3 1. Gaff? 4 uh, 3 to Leicester. That's in Peroni's, though. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go for 1 I'm going to go for 1 all. A sterile 1 all. I reckon it'll be 2 all. I can see that. Everton get the point. Me after. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm you're drunk. I'm only messing. Yeah, no champagne here. Right, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be podding early next week after the game. Ook bewust bezig zijn met je mobiel? Dat kan al voor 21,50 per maand met de iPhone SE 32 gigabyte. Nu met 300 minuten of sms'jes en 1000 MB 4G internet. Kijk op ben.nl. Let op. Geld lenen kost geld.